if you ever go out into nature, you're going to see God. If you'll just go out into nature and start looking around, you're going to find the Lord. But tomorrow is going to be one of those epic days of really seeing how awesome God is. Watching the animals respond, watching the earth respond, realizing that if you stare at this, your eyeballs are going to catch on fire and your head's going to explode. It could happen. But tomorrow is a very significant day out in nature to be able to see the Lord and let Him speak to you. It's going to be fun. It's going to be cool to be out there to see that. But the, the ultimate thing is, is, to, is to see God, how He makes the planets align. Really, I think for our enjoyment, it's almost like He's just saying, look how awesome I am. This doesn't hardly ever happen, but today it's going to happen. And I want you to see it. And we just happen to be in the line you know, all, a lot of the U.S. is not in this line. They're having to drive here to where this, this eclipse is really happening, and we're right here in the middle of it. So I want to encourage you, go outside and experience how awesome God is. Amen. I got a couple of you to grab that because God's awesome. God's awesome. I've got a message about the blood, but I want to talk about something else. I've had something on my heart. Uh, I want to back up to last week about how I couldn't effectively, objectively watch my child play volleyball because I thought she was the most awesome one out there. And I couldn't understand why the coach didn't see that all the time. And the Lord started showing me that's how I, the Lord was just saying, it's how I see you. You know, I don't necessarily like to use this word, but just the favor, that God has favor for me. And that even though a lot of players are out on the floor, God looks at me and he has favor for me. He sees me differently than anyone else sees me. And the Lord really showed me, hey, you can't see like this coach is seeing. You're not supposed to. You should be seeing your child as the most awesome thing ever because that's how I see you. Now, I left her hanging last week, and I never told you. She came back in and was an all-star and just set the world on fire. I left her on the bench, she said. She was back there and said, Dad, it made it sound like I stayed on the bench. She didn't. She's awesome. I love her. I'd be fine with her on the bench. But I like her back on the playing field too. But again, this morning's worship, I, I want to back up just for a moment. And, and I want to tell you how important you are in this church. I don't want to think that I'm the only place here that got moved in worship. You may say, Pastor, you're on stage. Of course, you're going to get moved. No, it doesn't always happen that way. In fact, I'm incredibly administrative and incredibly organized, and sometimes I get so wrapped up in the stuff that I sometimes will completely miss God right up here on stage. But the Lord is moving, and He is trying desperately to break into your world. He paid the highest price for you, and we stay on the bench and not get, we don't get in the game. And God's wanting us in the game. And this isn't going to be all sports analogies, I promise. But how important you are. Because the song that we did, Psalm 46, came from a church member. She just sent it to me and said, hey, would you please consider doing this? And I listened to it. And, and I started to work it up. And I, I will just tell you, I was telling the worship team, half the songs we do, I don't even especially like. Why do you do them? Because it's not about me. It's about who we are, and it's about who God is. And it doesn't always exactly fit me. 
How many of you out there today would say we've done a song or two that you like and we've done quite a few you don't like? Thanks, that was way too encouraging. (laughs) Thank you. I once heard a a pastor up in Pittsburgh, his name is Joseph Garlington, an African-American bishop up in uh, Pittsburgh, just an incredible teacher. He was at an aquarium and saw the most ugly fish he'd ever seen. And was literally having a time with the Lord saying, God, why did you make that fish? It's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. And God spoke to him and said, I didn't make it for you. If we can recognize it's not all about us. And I could have easily just said, oh, thank you for giving me that song. I'll pray about it. That's, that's a ministry expression to say, hey, thanks a lot. Uh, but no thanks. Thank you, whoever just said that. But as I began to pray and as I began to work this up and we began to work it as a band, I will tell you, it's a challenging song. It's a big song. It's hard to sing. It's done by a group that does not fit our vocals. Shane and Shane, they sing out in the rafters. And I literally had to drop it, I think, six steps to fit mine and Cody's range. Amen. Thank you. You know why it sounded awesome is because it was the Word of God, and it was a rhema thing that happened in you. It it came from Debbie, by the way, if you haven't caught on to that. But when God moves in you, you respond and allow the body to be affected by you and by what God's doing in you. Let me tell you, change can occur. Change can happen. You are incredibly important in this church. Now, I want to tell you, it doesn't mean that every song you ever shoot to me, I'm going to do. Probably won't. But you are incredibly important. And that song, where else could we go? There is nowhere else to go. The world is going to remain lost. They have nowhere to go. But we have somewhere to go. We have someone with us at all times. Doesn't, it's not based on your feeling. It's not based on the circumstance. It's based on Him. And when we begin to learn who He is, the, the story I wanted to share, my daughter, I'm going to go back to Ruth Ann and to volleyball. And my, my youngest daughter had a game in Livingston. Uh, Ruth Ann, my second, my third in line, I've got four, My third in line had a game in Sparta. Elizabeth was in Nashville all week, so I couldn't be at all the places at the same time. So I try to finagle everything. I work out with the coach an ability to leave and trying to ask for a favor, and we get out of there, and I was able to be at her game. They had an injury. She had to step up and play a different position. It It was incredibly challenging. Huh? Sarah Bett, the earliest game, had an injury. She had to step up and play a position that she normally didn't. It was incredibly challenging. We got done there, and I took off to Sparta. Went in and watched the game. We won. Didn't think anything about it. My daughter was awesome. Got wrote up in the paper. I'm so proud. But then, if I can get through this, I, hate, I don't know why I get emotional, but I'm going to be emotional. She came to me and she said, Dad, I played so bad until you walked in. (laughs) 
And, you know, it just touches me so much because as a dad with my children, I struggle in so many different ways. I am as human as they come. And where there are so many challenges, every now and then I get a win. And that was one of them where she's told her mom, Mom, there's nothing against you. I love you, but I need dad. (laughs) Finally, I have a purpose. So, and uh, is Brianna not in here? Is she working in? (laughs) Well, Ruth Ann's friend, Brianna, the two that got caught out with the sharks. uh, I had told Brianna over the last two or three weeks, I said, Brianna, when your mom's not here, when nobody else is here, look at me when you're playing. Just look at me. She goes, why? I said, I'm not going to tell you. Just look at me. And it was to help her have support, just somebody to look at, to say, you're awesome, because I do think she's awesome. I'm here with you. You can do this. You're incredible. But I think down deep what was happening, and I didn't realize that until yesterday, that I could sense I can't be at her every game. I can't be at Ruthann's every game, and she needs someone to look at. And would someone step up and say, I will be that person for Ruth Ann when you're not there? And what I recognized is, is that I have got to get successful in transferring her faith in me to her faith in God. Because I can't be there all the time. I'm not supposed to be there all the time. There's going to come a time that I'm not supposed to be there. Not that I'm not there for you. But that we grow up and we move on, and we start taking on our own responsibilities. And I can't be in your corner at every moment, but God can. And when you look around and you don't see dad up there, I want you to know Father God is there doing a way better job than I could ever do. But as we were sharing in Sunday school this morning, so many times with our earthly father or with people, the moment that we start to trust and get vulnerable, people hurt us. And we think we can't trust anymore. And what Satan does is he uses those failures in relationship to attach them to God, which is completely a lie. God is completely faithful and completely trustworthy. But in the natural, and look, you're not a bad person because you've had those challenges and you've applied those to God. That is natural. But you have got to start to look to Father God again and to trust Him. It says in His Word, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but believe in Him. Do you all have your Bibles? I think that's Proverbs 3, 4, and 5. I don't have that to put up on the screen. We're just going to have to do this old school. It's kind of like getting the hymn books out. There are hymn books in front of you, by the way. And those have songs in them. Those green books that are in the pews in front of you, there's songs in those. (laughs) You young people, you didn't know that, did you? Oh, it's the wrong scripture. Oh, here it is. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Thank you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Something I want to tell you, Ruth Ann, is that when you look around and I'm not there, I am there. I am praying for you. I am thinking about you. 
even when I'm not there, and I'm knowing how much you need me there. But if we can learn, I can't look at you longer. I'm just going to completely break, break down. We must learn, and it's such a cool thing, and I, don't, I, I so dread the day when she doesn't do this, but after every great play, after every bad play, out of the corner of her eye, she catches me. Every play. And it's like when you get to walk your child in to Capshaw and hold their hands, you just wonder, how long is this going to last? Because eventually they're like, Dad, I'm good. No, Dad's not good. What about me? Ask me how I am. Dad, do you still want to hold my hand? Yes, I do. But out of the corner of her eye, she'll catch me. And do you know how biblical and scriptural that is? That as we're walking, continuing to look at the Lord. Dad, did you see that? Wasn't that awesome? Dad, did you see that? Wasn't that awful? Did you see what happened to me? Did you see me get hurt? Did you see me have that great play? And then at, at the end, she'll come and say, what can I do? What can I work on? I'm like, I don't know. What's the coach saying? Well, the coach is saying this. Well, then do that. I don't know. I'm no volleyball player. But you're certainly awesome. I want to encourage you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He will direct your path. This, this environment, this uh, relationship that Ruth Ann and I have, I don't think is inappropriate at all. I think it is absolutely appropriate. But I think it is a good glimpse of how we are to walk with God. How can you trust in the Lord with all your heart when your earthly relationships have been hurtful? Talk to him about it. Give him those relationships. Give him those relationships. As we've been talking over the last few weeks, I'll just do one. We've been talking about is the blood of Jesus relevant today? It's so relevant. It's so relevant. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. We overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. We overcome. We sang a song, the second song about overcome. We overcome because Christ overcame. Christ overcame death. Christ overcame sin. Christ overcame fear. We get to overcome because we have Christ in us. And we overcome when we testify personally to what the Word of God, what the what says that the blood of Jesus does for us. I want to look. We've been looking at seven different ways. I'm only going to do one. I promise you, I'm almost done. It's early. Everybody say justification. Justification. It's one of those theological words that so many people, I think, mess up in how they define. The Greek word in its most basic form, means to make righteous. 
the Greek word. I don't want to say that that's how the world looks at it because that's not how the world looks at it. But the Greek word means to make righteous. But it has so many different shades of meaning. Romans chapter 5, verse 9 says, Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Suppose you're on trial for a capital offense and your life is at stake. When the verdict comes in, not guilty, that is justification. You have been acquitted, but justification means more than acquittal. Justification means you have been made righteous. Do you know what that means? What does righteous mean? In right standing with God. In right standing with God, with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Do you know if you relied on your own righteousness, you could not even get close to being in the right standing with God. We read in Scripture that we get clothed in righteousness. Not our righteousness. And if I could put this into a statement, I am justified just as if I'd never sinned. Did you hear that? Somebody today is going to get free because the Word of God is going to go into your heart. You're going to grab hold of it and you're going to get free because your sin has held you captive. Even though you're saved and you've said the stuff and you've been baptized, you're still not free. You're going to get free today because justification, when you grab hold of what Christ being in you, Christ in you really means, it means you have been justified, made right with God as though you never sinned. Because you get clothed in righteousness. Now the view that God has on you is on the clothing of righteousness of Jesus Christ, not on you. Because I've been made righteous with the righteousness of Christ. And he never sinned. He had no guilt. He had no past to be covered up. Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, my soul. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. Isaiah is celebrating two provisions here. Do you see them? Salvation and righteousness. When you trust in Christ... When you trust in, trust in Jesus and in his sacrifice on your behalf, you get clothed with the garment of salvation, but it doesn't stop there. You get covered with the robe of righteousness. Church on the Hill, it's time to come to the cross of the Lord. It's time to plead the blood of Jesus and to leave your sin at the cross.
it's time to leave it there. The day of your sin having control over your life is over. But this act is on you. Jesus has done his part. Your part is to get the blood and to apply it to your life. Remember, without the application of the blood, there is no power in it. The blood has to get into the basin. It has to be put on the door, and you've got to be inside. Do you remember? Without that, if you're still outside, you're still a target. To be honest with you, an easy target. You get inside, nothing can get you. Nothing can get you. Totally covered with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Satan has nothing he can say against you. The moment Satan, let's say you get free today. You just confess your sin one to another. He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. You come and you plead the blood. You're not pleading innocent. You're pleading the blood. You're not pleading guilty. You're pleading the blood of Jesus. When you plead the blood of Jesus and believe in what he can do and will do for you, you get covered with righteousness. You get set free of that sin. Now, unfortunately, we go outside and storms still come. The challenges aren't now over. Wouldn't that be nice? You walk the aisle, give your heart to Jesus, and all the challenges are over, and it's just tiptoe through the tulips the rest of your life. How many of you know that's not true? That's not God. It's not Scripture. He says storms are going to come. Challenges and temptations and wars and struggles. Right? So even though today you grab hold, and you say, God, I'm holding on to you, and I'm not letting go. Well, the second you get outside... Satan comes and says, wait a minute, remember you did this. Yeah, but I got free. I got free today. You can't have me anymore. Yeah, but don't you remember? You did this. Don't you remember? Can I encourage you? Agree with him. You're right. I did do that. But I'm covered with the righteousness of Christ. I plead the blood over that. And Satan, I command you to go in Jesus' name, for I am free of that. I want you to know that the effectiveness is going to come out of your mouth. The power is going to come out of your mouth. You've got to begin to testify. You've got to begin to say what the blood of Jesus does. We're going to close by testifying together. We all say with this with me? I am justified, acquitted, not guilty, reckoned righteous, made righteous, just as if I'd never sinned. Pastor, you don't know what I did. Is the blood of Jesus not enough for you? Is what Jesus did on the cross, is it not enough? Are you the one that somehow slips through the cracks and you don't get that? That's a lie. Pastor, you don't know what I've done. I want you to know God knew what you were going to do before he ever sent Jesus to the cross. He paid for you. It's time for you to get free. God will forgive you. Why don't you forgive you? 
there are strongholds right here that there is enough power in one drop of blood of Jesus' blood to break every stronghold in this room. One drop. Because it's pure. It's perfect. It's supernatural. It's not based on the blood of bulls and goats or even my own blood. It's based on a supernatural blood. So would you get free? Would you receive the blood of Jesus and apply it through your mouth? We overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. It's time to be free. Will you all stand up with me and I'm going to pray for you. Church, now it's your part. It's your part to start out of your own mouth pleading the blood. This can't be done for you. You have to do this. You overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. I am justified because of the blood of Jesus. Not because of my sin, not because of my ability to be good, because I'm not that good. My righteousness can never make me right with God because I am covered in sin. My righteousness is but filthy rags. But when I plead the blood of Jesus, I become covered with the robe of righteousness. I want to encourage you today, if you're kind of stumped and maybe we're, we're, we're hitting a, a, a level that you're not quite understanding, press in and start asking and start digging. Don't sit here on the edge waiting to get free. The woman with the issue of blood had to push her way through the crowds to get to Jesus. She knew that if she could just touch him, touch the hem of his garment, she would be healed. You have to push. You have to fight. Father, in Jesus' name, over this church body, I plead the blood of Jesus over us. And I ask you to move in our hearts, to well up in our hearts and let it come out of our mouth. For us to have revelation of you, as you're going to show us tomorrow with this eclipse just how magnificent you are. Lord, let that become real down to a personal level. That you can rescue our marriage. That you can rescue my health. That you can rescue my addiction. That you can rescue my thoughts. That you can rescue bipolar. That you can rescue uh, cancer. That you can rescue um, mental illness. That you can rescue me. There is nothing that I face that you cannot deliver me and give me salvation from. Church, what are you struggling with? That has nothing on the power of the blood of Jesus. It says that hills melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, do it right now. Jesus, I turn my heart to you. I'm a sinner, and I am in need of a Savior. Save me, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Those that are praying, would y'all come on down?
we want to give you a chance to act, to step out in faith and to get prayer. If you need prayer, it says that where two or more agree, where two or more agree, we want to agree with you according to God's word for breakthrough, for healing, for restoration, for salvation. We want to pray with you this morning. We're going to sing and we're just going to open up the altar for just a few minutes. Let's sing.